everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys, welcome to episode 21 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Hope you're all doing really well. Um, I got some great feedback on the last episode with Oliver Barnett all about Lyme disease. I and mean, also he went into mould, etc. got some really good feedback on that. So I'm glad that's helped quite a few people out because I know Lyme, Lyme disease is something that a lot of people are dealing with at the moment. And it's uh, something that can be extremely tough to go through, especially because lots of people get misdiagnosed um, and they don't actually even get diagnosed with it. And the medical industry actually refuses to believe that chronic Lyme exists so i'm glad we can help people with that and as i said we get a lot of emails in and then if anyone needs any help then don't hesitate to email me um or oliver um but you can also email me as i said before always at ryan at revive yourself.co and also been getting lots of good feedback all about our free four day mini course um lots of people saying how we've uh, influence them how they've changed the way that they're that will change their lifestyle the way they're eating etc and it's led to a lot of people actually want to jump on board a couple of our programs so that's great the more we can affect change and, and help people um, get back to their health and also get back to living the life that they fully deserve and they love then the better that's what I'm all about all about helping people enjoy their life and getting themselves out of their pain and frustration and moving forward which is well in fact there's nothing better than it actually it's it's a pleasure and it's actually a privilege to be um allowed into people's lives and for them to share their deepest darkest problems and secrets so we can move them out of their pain and frustration and out of the nightmare and into their dream and into um and into pleasure and into a life that they love and a body they can love and a body that they are proud of so that's been great anyway guys on to the episode for today today's episode is with reed davis from functional diagnostic nutrition now reed has been doing he's been in this industry for 20 years and and he actually offers a course for functional diagnostic nutrition they actually offer a course where you can go and learn how to test people for different uh, illnesses ailments etc um and he's very very accomplished in his field and he's actually uh i'd say he's an expert in most things when it comes to nutrition and um and health but today what we are going to focus on is andropause now we do actually um i say i've got different questions and we actually do go off into a few different topics um we hit on parasites uh, we hit a little bit on exercise and about gaining muscle, um, but a lot of the, what we're talking about is andropause, testosterone uh, in uh, in men, low t- testosterone in men, and high estrogen. Because women's issues, we are going to do one on, on menopause, 100%. We've got one lined up, but um, men, when it comes to this, men's uh, problems symptoms seem to be overlooked because. A lot of attention does go into menopause and into women's health around this because it's something that every woman goes through, um, unfortunately. But um, men 
who have got low uh, testosterone. And there's so many symptoms as we go through uh, in this podcast with Reed that um, that so many symptoms that people. I mean, the thing is with a lot of these a lot of these illnesses, a lot of the symptoms can 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 be put into different brackets with different illnesses, different ailments. But when it comes to having a low testosterone, losing the libido is definitely one, um, as well as a whole host of things like extra, gaining body fat in certain areas brain fog etc but anyway we cover a lot of this and we let reed shed light on on this topic and we really let him delve into what can be affecting this and what we can do to um get get yourself out of it especially as it's something that affects a lot of men and most men once they hit 40 years old so anyway guys without further ado here he is here's reed davis hope you enjoy the interview and i'll see you on the other side Hey guys, and welcome to episode 21 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Today's guest is Reed Davis from Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. Welcome, Reed. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm actually not surprised you said that. That's, your, <laughs> that's on your Skype uh, handle. That's <laughs> brilliant. Um, so today we're going to be covering something for the guys, actually. We're going to be digging into male hormone imbalances um, and andropause um, because it's something that doesn't really get talked about that much. Menopause gets covered quite a lot. Uh, women's hormones get talked about a fair deal, but men tend to get almost a little bit forgotten in this. So something we'll be covering today, um, and I've heard Reed talk about this before, um, and he, he definitely knows his stuff. So just for the listeners out there, um, Reed, how would you define andropause? Well, it's getting older and your hormones start turning down, starting with DHEA, which is the parent of testosterone. And also it happens early in life or earlier for some people when they're under too much stress. So stress is highly involved, but then age is always there to give you a little extra pat on the back or kick in the butt, whichever comes uh, first, you know. And yeah, so it's just it's just natural uh, lowering of hormones, you know, and uh, uh, you have to work to compensate for that. And in men, when this happens, the natural lowering of hormones, um, what changes are most common? Well, you're going to see uh, what they call low testosterone symptoms. And that would be low libido, uh, sex performance, uh, semen levels, fatigue, muscle loss, um, bone loss even. Uh, you can have body hair loss. You know, men can lose the hair off their legs or under their arms and that kind of a thing. Um, oddly enough, it's the opposite for the top of their heads. Very high testosterone over one's lifetime is a, a big reason why men go bald and bald early. Uh, but the other thing, probably most concerning, other than the the, the libido and and sexual things, um, is increased body fat. You know, you can get thick around the middle real quick, and it's very hard to get rid of because other hormones start to play a role. Uh, but you know, mood disorders, mental fogginess, and um, these kind of things. It's also been linked. Low low testosterone has been linked to obesity, diabetes, atherosclerosis. And um, everyone's favorite male breasts. Moobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 As, we, as the, uh, the nickname, moobs. It's, uh, 
<laughs> the list is endless. It's, it's really the list is pretty long. Oh, it's yeah, and you know, just just difference between a young man and an older man is a lot of it is just testosterone, and uh, I think there's other things. Um, certainly, uh, lung power. I mean, it really is about um, having the sort of uh, deep. Lung power, you know, being being able to get your body fully oxygenated, including your brain, um, and then low T. Those are two major things that make old guys feel old. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, you, you you've noticed, you've you said a, th- a few things there, um, and one I wanted to touch on was actually there's, there's another thing I wanted to touch on. You brought up something, got, and I've got quite a few questions here, but I've got something you else brought me to, to my mind when you said um, so contributing factors. Um, it can affect this. You said with the young clients and old clients, the difference being testosterone. But then, for example, getting fat around the middle, other hormones start to increase. So, for example, if you had lower testosterone, um, would that mean that estrogen then increased instead? That would, exactly. Yeah. And would that lead to something like weight around the middle? Oh yeah. There's something that everybody should look up. It's called the omentum. It's O M E N T U M. Omentum. And it's the uh, visceral fat. It's highly attached to the organs. It's not outside the muscle. It's inside the muscle. And when you see guys who otherwise look maybe fairly fit but have these bellies uh, hanging over their belts, uh, it's the omentum. And um, it it has its own blood supply. It's really kind of a tricky little animal and um, takes on a life of its own. It starts producing its own estrogen, and uh, then that can – Again, just it just gets bigger and bigger. Really? So it literally is. It's like, so it's literally almost the fat stores stop producing their own hormones. Exactly. Oh, and how would and if and if you got that, how would you go about? Um, how would you get someone to sort of rectify that? Well, the you know, there's there's really no easy way. It requires fairly narrow path in terms of your lifestyle so you have to eat right you have to go to bed and get a good night's sleep because uh growth hormone and some of these things only are elevated at nighttime while you're sleeping so so uh, diet rest exercise of course you can't uh, be healthy or fit without that Uh, and stress reduction as i mentioned early on stress and stress hormones feed into this whole idea so if you see that guy who's otherwise fairly fit and he's got the big belly, he may have you know two jobs or a, a, might be an executive where he's under a tremendous amount of stress, and there could be other kinds of stress. Yeah. And of course, there's there's always supplements you can take these uh, nutritional supplements to try to stem the tide or or um, help battle the the things you're going through. But um, it's mostly the lifestyle things. As I said, it's not an easy thing. It's it's a uh, narrow path. You know, when you're 22, you can eat anything, uh, go without sleep. You can you can do a lot of things. But at 62, it doesn't feel the same way the next morning. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I can see yeah. things catch up. The accumulation, right? And uh, one of the things you said there, um, you want to get your um, growth hormone high. So... Would something like intermittent fasting help there? Because there's been studies that show that intermittent fasting actually does raise um, growth hormone factor. 
Yeah, I don't think one should do it too often, but we're designed perfectly to go through some uh, natural uh, sort of uh, intermittent fasting, as you said. You know, maybe if you go back to the paleo days, uh, you might not have any game around for days. You might find yourself running uh, around for, for a few days without food, and uh, we're, we're adapted. We can adapt to that. Um, so, so it isn't the worst thing in the world to, to miss a meal or two. But you do need nutrients to keep your body functioning. So fasting in general uh, is, if you did too much of it, would be counterproductive. Like, for instance, to detoxify your body, you have to have amino acids to work in the liver to, to do what the liver does. So, you know, going on juice fasts sounds like a good idea. But, you would you know, there's um, not as many amino acids in in juice as there is maybe in eating, uh, you know, more protein-based type things. So you need your protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, basically, yeah, if you have going fast as well, you, you, as you said before, there are some supplements you can add in that sort of give you those effects. Um, but so we're sticking on, sticking with the uh, with the hormones with men, um, there, you said before, that testosterone being a factor uh, in their inability to lose weight. Um but if you've got someone who's who's young, or or someone, for example, who's using all natural skin and hair products, um, they're not eating any soy, for etc., which can affect this. What else can generally be responsible? I mean, you talk, you, I've heard you talk about the liver before. Um, could the liver be not detoxing estrogen properly? Could this be a reason? Um, because I know you said about the different hormones, but if the, if your body's not getting rid of estrogen properly, then couldn't that be a factor? Well, you, the liver, did you say? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The liver is one of your main detoxifying organs, works in harmony with the other main detoxifiers, the kidneys. For instance, your skin is a detoxifier, your lungs, uh, your colon, and uh, the lymph system, of course. But the, the liver is considered the grandfather organ. It's really like a factory. So it takes in all of this stuff, some of it good and some of it actually quite toxic and it has to process that and turn the the beneficial items the nutrients and things uh into the body so the body can use them to operate efficiently and smoothly and in a balanced way but it has to get rid of the toxins and uh some of these include excess estrogens and xenoestrogens those things in the environment that that act like estrogen in our bodies. And so, like phytoestrogens is one, you mentioned soy. So the the liver can conjugate them. It can actually uh, sequester or just basically neutralize them, and then they can be excreted in the bile. They go into the gallbladder and they're excreted into the small intestine and then can uh, exit the body through normal, um, you know, bowel movements. And so uh, one of the things that happens with an unhealthy gut, for instance, is there are certain bacteria that can separate and reactivate estrogen. So estrogen can then get reabsorbed back into the body. <clears throat> Excuse me. And generally that wouldn't be a good thing. So you have to, you, you know, a lot of people when they deal with estrogen problems or uh, testosterone problems, they think it's all in a bottle. They can, um, they can you know, take something over the counter and um, it just doesn't really work that way. No. You know, the, 
And there are foods that are known. There's the sexy seven foods. You certainly could add those in. And I'm a full um, proponent of that approach to just eat foods that would increase testosterone. And you can't go wrong because your, your body, you know, you're not going to sort of overdose on anything. Well, and in America, just, yeah. I say just for our listeners, you can just list them for us, the sexy seven. Sure. No, you uh, may have seen the movie Rocky. Yeah. Rocky Balboa, right? So the Rocky Balboa diet. Well, eggs. I don't, if you remember, he was cracking eggs mm-hmm. and you know just drinking them down in the morning. That's really good. Um, the cholesterol actually is a building block of your sex hormones, yeah. and there's good cholesterol in in the eggs. Now, fish are excellent. They contain the B vitamins, and they're a good source of uh, healthy fats. Uh, oysters, very rich in the minerals like zinc. Uh, they're almost pure protein, and they have other minerals and things in them. Uh, lean beef is okay. I, I wouldn't eat too much beef. Um, I think you have problems with, uh, you know, commercial beef can have unwanted uh, elements in it. But good, good, clean, lean beef offers, um, you know, protein, of course, and, and some good minerals. And it's actually known that vegetarians, generally speaking, have lower testosterone mm-hmm. Uh, levels now um, nuts and seeds contain uh, more of the essential fatty acids you could use um, and minerals of course uh, there's certain fruits um, avocados figs beans bananas very good for you and vegetables you got to eat your broccoli uh, anything with the indole 3 carbonyl type uh, elements in it would suppress estrogen things like cabbage Broccoli, these are very, very good for you. Garlic, uh, try to eat as much garlic as you can stand. <laughs> uh, you know, so I would say eggs, fish, oysters, lean beef, nuts, fruits, vegetables. Oh. The Rocky Balboa diet. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, diet, diet's where you start. I mean, how, what you, this is for any health condition, including uh, low T or, you know, andro- andropause. Diet is really, really critical. So, uh, but then uh, you can't just eat right and not sleep. You know, again, the rest and recovery is critical, especially split shifts. I want to tell you, it's been proven. Men who work night shift have lower testosterone. It's just how it works. And uh, it's not a natural thing for us to do that anyway. So you want to get as much sleep as you can uh, before midnight and, and sleep, sleep till, you know, sleep till 6 a.m., something like that. Uh, the, again, the other parts of the lifestyle exercise is incredible. Um, doing things with high intensity, uh, you know, in, the, the uh, interval type training would be really good for you. Work up a sweat, detoxify through the skin and that kind of a thing. And then get rid of stress because stress will destroy your hormone levels. Just ask uh, women under stress how they feel about, um, you know, hormonal things. Men are subject to it too. Why would we be immune to uh, the effects of stress? Yeah. Even mu- as much as we like to think we are, uh, we're not. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred um, percent. It's pretty common, I think. When you even you probably notice if your clients, I have in mind that men that are under a lot of stress, their libido is completely gone. 
um, yeah. a lot of the times, and it's something they have to really take into account. Um, and people, just for people out there listening, stress isn't just your work. Stress can be come in many forms. It can come from uh, stress from elect- electromagnetic frequencies. It can come from your water supply. It can come from poor food choices. All these add to your overall um, stress. So. As Reed's saying, that it's very, very important to get that down. Um, and as Reed's also saying, all these things to get to the root cause of them, it's all about your internal health. So, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, just, just, just because um, I've heard you mention it before. You said that the liver processes three pints of blood a minute. I've heard you say before. Mm-hmm. And you even said talking a little bit there about lean beef. Um, I've heard you mentioning cows actually get estrogen tablets sewn into the back of back of their necks to make them fat, fatter. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, not not all not all countries allow it, you know, but in the US, mm. beef is raised uh in pens. It, they don't even get to walk around on farms anymore. They're raised more or less in factories. Yeah. And uh they get fed uh specific feed and and yeah, they get hormone treatment and antibiotic treatment. Yeah. And it's it's really quite uh you know, if you if you visited one of these places they're called feedlots. Uh, you probably wouldn't even want to eat the meat from a place like that. No, you hundred percent wouldn't. No, I've, I've seen um, rendered food they give them to eat, plastic pellets and things like that. I mean, these, oh. yeah, I just I just wanted to mention it because you said like, uh, for example, you mentioned about getting high quality lean beef because if you're eat, if you're not eating high quality lean beef, then it then it can affect uh, your internal health. Um, for example, you said. Um, before the liver, um, you're talking about the gut health, um, mm-hmm. and if that's off, then I mean, for example, why why would oh, you mentioned it there? But obviously, the food quality, but I mean, would that be a reason why the liver could get backed up in the first place, like food sensitivities and like immune complexes? Oh, absolutely. the the uh, The connection between the gut and the rest of your body is is critical. You know, the gut we call it the mucosal barrier is a second skin so your skin obviously protects you from uh, things that you might get exposed to but inside you need this really healthy mucosal barrier so uh, it it's supposed to keep out uh, toxins and uh, poisons and uh, and pathogens you know uh, germs and things of course and but it also it's permeable it has to lit food in it has to let in the vitamins and minerals and amino acids and essential fatty acids and other you know phytonutrients and things so it has so it's very sensitive it's really sensitive so it's actually a huge part of your immune system and when it's compromised for any reason and and the, this compromising of of the gut slash immune system uh, can happen slowly over time so it's it's not like you get whacked one day with something. It just very, very slowly can start to break down. It's it's quite insidious that way. And so, you know, you just get to the point where you've got uh, hyperpermeability and these uh, antigens and toxins and things actually getting through. And uh, then the liver can get overloaded. The liver's job is to clean that up. So it, we're, we're, again, we're, we're designed to handle some toxins and uh antigen load uh coming through but not to the levels that that were some of us are not very nice to our livers in that way 
Yeah. Um, so, for example, if you've got, if you're really stressed, or if you're eating poor food choices, or if you're, if you're um, using, for example, chem- chemical-based fragrances or lotions, and mm. so all, mm-hmm. these, all these things can. I mean, you've got adrenal exhaustion or excess cultures, or all these things can break. They may break down the mucosal barrier, um, and so when the mucosal barrier opens up, um, it opens up the gateways and it lets these things pass through um, that aren't supposed to go in. And so all mm-hmm. that stuff needs, then goes through the liver and the liver gets backed up so it can't conjugate the estrogen or it can't detoxify the way it needs to. And then you've got mm-hmm. things such as high estrogen. Would that be correct? Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, there's there's uh, The liver sometimes, even if it is doing, you know, it's working its little tail off and it's uh, maybe doing some good uh, detoxification, <clears throat> but then those toxins can stay in circulation. So the liver's pulling some of them out, uh, and they get excreted in the bile, which goes directly into the small intestine, but then it can just get resorbed right back through that uh, leaky gut, so to speak, and so it just circulates, and you, you can't re- you're not really getting rid of it. That would be whether it's really toxic things like metals, uh, mold uh, residues. Um, th- there's uh, just neurotoxins, biotoxins, all kinds of things. And and then how would you have to get them out by using some some sort of uh, uh, extraction process, or would it just be like you know, it, the gut again? Well, you you can't just um, uh, you you want you want um, something that will chelate or you know uh, latch on to the to the toxins. So yeah. so there are plenty of uh, things like that. Chlorophyll is one of the uh, sort of tried and true. Um, there's some other things. There there's actually medication that people take. Uh, if you think about it, that's how these anti-cholesterol drugs work. And I'm I'm not for those, but they do bind. So they they bind to the cholesterol and and it help your body to excrete it. Um, uh, you know, and there's other binders that you can you can use. Yeah, I think as you mentioned before, chlorophyll. I think corella, uh, strawberries are also very good at that, uh, getting rid of a few of those things. Um, so mm-hmm. when you so so Reed has his own um, his own program or his own oh, it's a program. It's a functional diagnostic nutrition uh, course, for example. People can go and get um, can go and get qualified in there, um, and you 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 do quite a lot of tests. Would that be correct when you're going through? Yeah, I teach a course in functional lab work and natural protocols. Okay. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just being devil's advocate, if someone came to to yourself and they had a lot of these problems, um, what I've noticed not just not with yourself, is that other people in the industry that tend to just send clients off for a lot of tests. Um, what I, was, I mean, I've been sitting there before, and, and people have sent people off for tests when, um, I mean, they've got lots of problems, um, but the issues could have been made, I think, eighty-five to ninety percent better by cleaning up their diet first and doing a whole whole lot of things right first. Um, so, people who are going to get tests, first of all, in your opinion, wouldn't you put them on some a protocol? that would make clean up their diet, get their hydration right, get their rest right, etc. Because otherwise, um, you can get tests that come back and they're always going to have something wrong with them because, let's be honest, they've not been living in the correct way to start with. Yeah, that's correct. Everyone that we test has some kind of issue. 
uh, and some some worse than others. And uh, the the testing just allows us to uh, target things a little bit. You know, we're not diagnosing or treating like physicians. Uh, we don't want to just measure uh, a hormone, for instance, and say, oh, look, it's low. The, the medical approach is to say, well, well, here's some of that. You know, here's some testosterone. Here's some estrogen. Here's some progesterone or thyroid hormone uh, is a very common one. And so that's not the purpose of the testing because we don't want to just change the numbers on the paper. That's actually quite easy to do. If your testosterone is low, there's, there's things you could uh, take, and, but that's the quick fix. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't solve any of the underlying issues, such as maldigestion, malabsorption, poor detoxification, weak immune system, you know, on and on and on. So our, our approach is always to do the, the more long-term work. Again, in the beginning, I said sometimes a narrow path in terms of lifestyle, the diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, a narrower path can be a huge part of the solution. So we, we look for the healing opportunities, whether they're in the hormones or immune system or digestion or detoxification. There are healing opportunities that can be pointed out by the correct lab work. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it functional lab work. Mm-hmm. You're not looking for disease to just, oh, here's to tell you which prescription to write. We don't write prescriptions, mm-hmm. except for, for lifestyle and, and sometimes some supplements. Yeah. So, for example, when someone goes to the anti-aging doctor and, and they say, well, you got your testosterone your testosterone's low, um, here's some testosterone for you. They're just, mm. they're just masking symptoms with Band-Aids. They're not getting to the root cause, are they? Well, they're they're doing a job that you're basically asking them to do, to test my testosterone and give me something for it. So that's one approach, and um, it's, it's fine uh, if that's what you want to do, um, but it's not what we do. You know, we do look at uh, all the systems, or as many as we can get our arms around with, with a handful of tests, um, and and see what, again, those healing opportunities are, and then... We would, if we prescribe anything, it is the narrower pathway. Um, specifically, diet, you know, getting people off inflammatory foods, for instance. Everyone has some sensitivities. It's good. You, you can sort of play around forever with uh, elimination diets, uh, but testing kind of just gets it done. So that's one test we do. Also, another huge, huge and very important uh, stressor is Parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses, and things. These stress your body out, and you may not even know it. Uh, but they're, you know, body responds in a, in a way um, hormonally, uh, digestive, the liver, you know, is working overtime, things like that. So, so uh, it's good to test for those things. Yeah. How? So basically, what you're trying to say is, um, if people are listening, there's no real definitive answer to why your T levels could be low. Um, there's lots of different areas that could could be um, that could need addressing, and then you need to do some investigating, really, to see how that's how that's uh, how it's all working. Um, what, just sticking on parasites a bit, because it's something that I really uh, am interested in. It's something that I've been doing a lot, a lot of research in the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. and it's something that I think a lot of people. I mean, I've heard quite a few researchers say I think it's the um, unsung epidemic of our 
health problems in a lot of a lot of ways. People don't actually know much about parasites. Um, I know you've done quite a lot of work on them. How can they affect you? And 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 what can and what can happen if you let them basically get get uh, well? How can I put it best? In, in yeah. infiltrate your system to the, to make it yeah. more more towards them than you. Well, that's that's a really interesting question. It it's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg, mm-hmm. you know? Because did you are the bugs the problem? Well, they're they're part of the problem. They're contributing factors because they exude toxins and uh, stink up the place, so to speak, and they uh, breed other, uh, uh, you know, poor ecological uh, things into the system, but. Um, are they the problem or are they the result of the problem too? Did you get bugs because you were a willing host? You know, so it's, it's really quite insidious how the body breaks down uh, and uh, you can become a good host for the bug. So if, if you get what I'm saying, which came first, and, and that's why we would ask, uh, we would say treat the whole person. Because uh, there's lots of pathology tests. Most people run a stool test for pathology. And a lot of practitioners would say, oh, I found your problem. It's H. pylori or it's, um, you know, something like that, a yeast overgrowth or what have you. And, you know, that's just part of the problem. <laughs> Those overgrowths are opportunistic. You had to have a willing host first if you get what i'm saying so we would we would certainly want to um have that person get treated or they can self-treat there's lots of botanical products that knock down yeast or parasites uh, and such um, but you have to also coach up build up your natural immunity and that's the long term uh again so you can knock down some bugs but they're just going to come back mm-hmm. if you don't fix the host it's kind of like a bad neighborhood. You can chase the chase the bums out, as we would say here, uh, but they're just going to come back yeah. and they're going inv- to invite their friends if you don't fix up the neighborhood. Yeah, it's like um, so. This is what I always say to my clients: you have to change the terrain, otherwise, uh, as you say, they're just going to come back. You can kill them off, but then they're just going to come back and back. It's, it's uh, um, as you say that the uh, the germ is nothing; the terrain is everything, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. So about that being right, uh, it just goes in in terms. What are the most? If you're wearing someone with low estrogen, or for example, so low estrogen, low testosterone, what would be um, some of the? Well, are there any common common parasites or any common bugs that you see in, in conjunction with this? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I don't have uh, haven't drawn any personal uh, correlations between a specific overgrowth uh, of bacteria or a parasite. Uh, or even yeast, you know, they're just part of the mix. You know, I, I use this term now a lot, Ryan, it's metabolic chaos. Mm. So you, you have an infinite number of metabolic processes ongoing, and those complexities are meeting up with an, an, an underappreciated environment. Everything from the air you breathe and, and uh, you know, the radiation, as you mentioned, and uh, lots, lots of things in the environment that are underestimated, and and so you have your uh, weak links in in metabolism, uh, meeting up with a, a fairly toxic world. I had one doctor tell me, 
he he basically said we're all marinating in a toxic soup. Mm. Now that might be overstating it a little, but you get the point. Yeah. And and yeah, and so now everyone's individual. We're not like each other as much as we like to think we are. Uh, there's there are unique in these complexities of metabolism. There are unique weak links or or vital voids in metabolism, and so it's going the same. Uh, toxic world uh, treats you know affects you one way and me another. Uh, you know you have one set of symptoms. I have a different set of symptoms, and those bugs are just part of that mix. So um, again, I don't think they're the problem. I think they're uh, a result of the problem. Yeah. You know we co- we coast in some way. Yeah, they they are opportunistic, and once they see a weak coast, they will just take over and they're as. Uh, before they are mother nature's decomposers so if you let them in and you don't start to do your work on them then they will take over and as you know they can infiltrate your nervous system they can make you crave foods um they can affect your mood they can do a lot of things so yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. and it's so insidious ryan this is i'll just give you some of my experience i i started in this field uh back in the late 90s so almost 20 years and um, and people have just broken down over time. Like you could be eight, nine, ten years old, and it could start then with just uh, certain foods that are irritating the lining, the small intestine. You start breaking down the the microvilli and the villi, and now you're not digesting quite as well, and your immune system's a little bit uh, ticked off. Let's say now you don't. Uh, ever really fix it you keep eating those foods you're in the same environment and so on and so on and then it starts getting worse until the point where you have to start treating the symptoms so there's there's what everyone does they take something for it you go to the the pharmacy whatever drugstore and and you take something so you're really never really getting to the to the root of it to the underlying causal factors you're not improving the host ever and so I've seen every kind of case in my 20 years from the seven, eight-year-old who's just got a little upset tummy to the 78-year-old who has their uh, bowels removed and their anus sewed up, mm. you know, and just a permanent bag on their side because they've had their guts removed. Pardon the graphic uh, description there, but I've seen it from one end to the other, no yeah. pun intended. You know, just, 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 uh, uh, and that's how things work. You know, if you don't, if you don't try to get to the, uh, do, if you don't do functional assessments and, uh, you know, narrow lifestyle based protocols, you know, really try to, to improve the health of the host instead of just treating the bugs and what have you. Yeah, hundred percent. I say to some people all the time, it says like, what starts off as a little a little something then turns over time into a chronic issue and if you still don't listen that's when things really start to take off and that's when you get problems and as you say that's a, that's the that's the thing you can you can throw botanicals at things you can throw drugs at things but in the, the day they're not getting to the root cause and, and I know that's what you're all about and that's what I'm all about and and that's the only way you actually do get long lasting change um mm-hmm. so um, the things that people can do I mean but actually I just want to just keep on if someone's um, got low testosterone in your experience Reed, um, and they're they're still 
and their stall comes out and it's quite a sandy colour. Um, it's not dark. What would that would that suggest anything to you? Well, light stools, especially if they float, are are fatty. That's called steatorrhea, and you've got fatty stool. And so usually this is a problem with uh, the bile's not flowing. You're not really handling your fat very well. So I, I wouldn't directly correlate that with with uh, testosterone problems, but people have problems. People with low testosterone, you know, there are, again, these infinite complexities in metabolism, and certainly you could have all kinds of digestive issues. You could also it could low testosterone could be uh, uh, in the brain in your in the brain you have the hypothalamus and pituitary these are regulating organs they regulate hormones in your body especially the sex hormones so you could have perfectly well functioning uh, testicles but it's they're not getting the correct amount of signal signaling hormones. Uh, from the uh, pituitary, low luteinizing hormone, low follicle-stimulating hormone equals low testosterone and low sperm count. You know, so that's just how it works. So it might be, you know, you could be doing a lot of things right, and yet you've got you got issues. It's it's why we take such a holistic, broad view, and um, yeah, that's it's the only way I know. No, no, I hundred percent agree. And it's just, I'm just looking at things that people can do for these, these sort of things. I always say, try and clean out your body. A couple, of, I mean, myself, I try and do a liver cleanse or, or and, a, and a colon cleanse, etc., a couple of times a year. Um, just because, as you said, like living in the, uh, what'd you say, a toxic soup? Was it? Um, I think you mentioned. Yeah, we're marinating in a toxic soup. Uh, yeah, marinating <laughs> in a toxic soup. Yeah. So, like you say, like the plastics and then the v- VOCs, and then people obviously drink alcohol, and then you've got heavy metals and parasites, etc. Um, the the burden on our system is just so much higher than it was even I don't know fifty years ago. Um, and you, if you look into that, yes, and you look into chemtrails and the, and the quality of your water, etc. So, giving yourself a cleanse. I mean, I know you always see like the conventional doctors come out and say you don't need to cleanse your body does it all itself well yeah it might have been true in my opinion in the past but nowadays we're under such a burden that you do need to give your body uh, a time to to get rid of those accumulated toxins um especially the, the way the food mm-hmm. is today um I, I think you probably agree um i agree with uh with both you know yeah, that yeah. you do your body's designed to detoxify but it just gets overloaded and yeah. And, and and it gets you know uh, dysfunctional and it's not easy to clean it up once it's uh, been broken down yep. it takes a lot of effort yeah luckily for us the body's actually uh, a wonderful thing and it does actually have an ability to heal itself it's one of the <laughs> sometimes i don't know how it it carries on um it is quite a remarkable quite a remarkable uh, machine but I just wanted to say to you just quickly I've got some questions for you that I, I have sure. um, given um, <laughs> people that people have asked me to ask you so um, from my friend well, Jack he's actually a friend he's a client former client friend now um, he wanted to know how does sleep and rest affect hormone balance well rest and recovery is critical and Number one, you need to follow the normal diurnal circadian rhythm. We are not nocturnal animals. We're not meant to be awake at nighttime. We're meant to go to sleep. 
So staying up late, working split shifts, puts stress on uh, the adrenals and the sex hormones and on blood sugar levels and on uh, your detoxification pathways. It's known that we, we actually detoxify better at nighttime, including the brain. When you're, when, uh, if you're not into a deep sleep on a regular basis, like every night, uh, you're going to have a toxic brain. Your, your, uh, your brain cells actually shrink. They're called glial cells. They, they, they shrink at night when you're in this certain state of sleep so that uh, fluids, cerebral spinal fluid, can flow through the brain and clean out the toxins. So s- sleep is just absolutely critical. And um, you should get as much sleep as you can before midnight. <clears throat> now, you know, this is kind of an old Chinese theory, I think, but two hours of sleep before midnight is worth four afterwards. So if you could get to sleep by 10 o'clock every night, the way we're designed, again, the circadian rhythm, these are, these are things that are built in. Uh, your body will detoxify better. You'll rest your adrenals and all the other organs. And, um, you know, you need to do that and stabilize your blood sugar throughout the night. So um, this is where stress plays a factor, cortisol levels and things like that. Um, Cortisol elevated, like if you're under stress, will depress melatonin. And that's your sort of known uh, sleep hormone. It's really critical to get a good night's sleep. I don't know if I answered your question wholly, but (laughs) there's there's, there's part of it. Yeah, no, no, you did. I think it's, uh, and these are the things. Once you add all these things together, that's what makes the the effect so huge, as you mentioned there. So that's the thing. That's a very, that's a great thing you said there. Um, to, uh, hours of sleep before midnight are worth double. You, that's, uh, yeah, even even if you get one hour of sleep before midnight, it's really good for you. You know, that's worth two afterwards, and um, you know that's it's a it's not an easy thing to do because. Uh, a lot of us are self-employed, and you know, we're busy in the day, and we we work we work late. You know, it's just part of the program. You you have to discipline yourself sometimes to just get your get yourself to bed. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I I find it hard sometimes when I do do it. I notice a big difference, but sometimes it's just even when it just comes to uh, is a great quote. I think I can't remember who it's from. But it says there's a time for there's a time for lots of talk and then there's a time for sleep <laughs> and it's true. But even for yeah. myself, um, sometimes you say with work or just researching, I can get carried away and I can lose track of time and all of a sudden it's like half eleven. I'm like, oh, I should be going to bed here. Um, it happens, but try to always get into bed for at least eleven o'clock. Um, lights out. And so hopefully, Jack, that helps with your question. Um, also, Reed, what are the talks to people? A couple of people uh, asked about when um, you're looking to put on muscle mass, what are some of the underlying problems people can have genetically um, going on that can stop them from putting on mu- muscle mass? Um, or any things people, are they fight- can people be fighting uphill battle if they haven't got the right ge- genetics to put on muscle? Well, that's a good one. And, um, you know, I'm not a, a genetic expert. It's more about epigenetics for me. Like uh, the same same doctor who said, his name is Russell Jaffe. Um, he's really a smart guy and and uh, a, kind of a buddy of mine now. And he he's the one who said that uh, we're swimming in a toxic soup. So he he talks a lot about that. Um, and uh, um, 
you know, give, give me the give me the exact question again. So, so people who struggle to put on muscle mass, can the underlying problem be their genetics? Um, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. His quote, the quote I wanted to give you from him is uh, that genetics um, are about eight or nine percent of our problems. The other, you know, say ninety plus percent is epigenetics how you how you live so you've got genetics and then you have um you, you have to live you know in a way that the the bad genes don't manifest and so um you know putting on weight isn't exactly in that category uh but but it, t it tells you that regardless of your genes you can um you know add weight or lose weight if you want me i'm a big boned guy you know i'm i'm five ten uh, but I weigh uh, a good hundred kilos, you know, like, like, you know, I'm a thick guy, big, very strong, thick bones. And I, I can carry the weight, um, a lot of muscle and I, I bulk up fairly easily, you know, so, um, there, there's other people might call them ectomorphs, you know, they're, they're just basically skinny. Um, and so, uh, you know, it doesn't mean you can't put on some weight. You would have to do everything right. Again, the, Eat, eat right and, and rest right and exercise right. Um, actually, my girlfriend right now, she has a 19-year-old son, and he asked me the other day, how can I bulk up? <laughs> He's as skinny as you could count the ribs, you know, like looking at him type of guy. So, you know, right, right now I said, you know, meet me at the gym. We'll, we'll show you a few things, and then you, you change your eating, you know, and make sure you're getting a good night's sleep so you have the growth hormone. Uh, and, and basically goes back to our DRESS program. DRESS stands for, D-R-E-S-S -S stands for diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplements. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to have them take a lot of supplements or anything, uh, but, you know, a, a few maybe. Make, make sure he's getting all the vitamins, all the minerals that you, you need, the phytonutrients, the amino acids, the essential fatty acids, you know, and just, just really eating just right. And, um, you know, he, he's a teenager, he's in college, so he's staying up late. Uh, I don't know if he's doing homework or playing games on the computer, but you know, he's up late. He's a musician too. So he does, um, stay up too late. Doesn't, doesn't quite get all the sleep he needs unless he's sleeping in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey man, if you're sleeping past seven o'clock in the morning, something's wrong in my world. But, um, yeah, but, but anyway, he could sleep till noon, that kid. But, um, so, so, you know, I, I know I'm being a bit obscure, but, um, it's, it's, you know, you just have to work at it, yeah. do all the things right and do more of the things that contribute to bulking up and less of the things that would, uh, you know, detract from that. Hundred percent. Someone like I think you said your uh, girlfriend's son, nineteen years old. Obviously, he's he still have a very very high, high metabolism. Um, getting in the right amount of calories, obviously, then, but the good quality calories, not just any calories for me, not just like throwing any. I mean, five hundred calories from a sweet potato is a lot different to five hundred calories from a packet of Haribo, or I don't know what you you could call them over there. Do you have Haribo uh, where you are? Do you know what Haribo is? Read. Um. Yeah, well, sweet. what is it? It's like a, yeah, it's candy. Like a yeah, candy. Yeah, candy. I was yeah. thinking it's a candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, example yeah. things like that, and then you got other people the other end of the spectrum that are looking to put on muscle and get rid of fat. And it, it, I mean, 
there's, there's some things you'll be doing similarly, but as you said, there's, it's uh, horses for courses, right? It depends on you, uh, and that's why you don't blanket prescribe because you've got different ways of doing things. Um, yeah. Other well, I'll say that avoiding avoiding sugar yeah. is uh, one of the first things you want to do for any health situation. Sugar is pretty poisonous, and you you don't want to do candy, no. like ever ever. You know, if you do, it's got to be a rare treat uh, and for a good reason. I always, I always say to people, and, and don't drink much unless you have a good reason. <laughs> yeah, there, there are no excuses unless you have an excuse sort of thing. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there's actually, I mentioned it because there's an article going around on, on the internet from a couple of guys uh, which said how, how we got ripped eating uh, Pringles and Haribo. And it's just like, well, oh, brilliant. Funny, yeah. yeah, brilliant, you can do that. But when you've got a chronic issue, um, here's my number. Because um, it, that's the way you can do things. I mean, you can, calories, but it might, mm-hmm. as you know, and the way it affects hormones and the way it affects your body and, and the internal health, calories are not all made equal. Um, and the, the the result of having foods that are going to chronically inflame you and cause allergenic responses uh, down the road, mm-hmm. um, keep on eating them, then see where you are in about a few years, you know. Um, exactly and those guys are young i guarantee it they're they're they got to be in their 20s you know because um what do we know when we're when we're in our 20s although you probably are ryan looking at your picture i'm 31 i'm out of my 20s now all right you you graduated (laughs) i went through my thing is really this is why people always say whenever i do my seminars always start with what can a 31 year old teach you about health i was uh, unlucky in you can say i look at it back now as lucky i went through my uh, my own health issues at like 16 to 22 or like 17 to 22 five years of absolute uh, hell and nightmare um, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it's led me to leading this life and now I help loads of people doing going through their problems um, but yeah I, I I was like that at that age you know I, I used to think you can eat what you want and take a pill and everything would be fine uh, that led to a whole host of, of problems um, and as you said generally it's people that are young that will have that that impression and yes they are young and actually, one of them is actually a medical doctor. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, I, I was a, a hippie. You know, I'm in my 60s. And I, I went through that whole era uh, abusing myself uh, with the best of them. And so, you know, I thought I was just having fun and and uh, that I could take it. And, you know, I did all right. But it will catch up with you and. Uh, you just don't do those things anymore. Here's a good way to look at it, I think, as far as anti-aging goes. We a lot of people think that you know you, you, your life energy or health, if you will, kind of goes up and up and up. And when you hit about forty, you know it starts to uh, go back down. Maybe fifty, you know, we kind of draw this big arc. Well, you know, and then you die at you know what seventy-five years old. The average age for males is around seventy-two or three years old. So, excuse me, um, better to think of it as uh, you go up to about 40, and then it should flatline. Don't draw the arch in. It should flatline. You should stay the health of a 40-year-old, a good, solid 40-year-old. And me at 64 years old, I'll take that. I'll take that in a heartbeat. You know, a good, solid 40-year-old until I'm 80. So a nice flat line. Now, at 80... I don't mind aging. If I start to go downhill after that, I'll be okay. But that's my goal right now, the, the way I work out. And I haven't worked out yet today. 
but I've worked out every day this week. I go to the gym and I, I do some things. I stretch and I strengthen, stretch and strengthen, stretch and strengthen almost every day. And it's because at 64, you have to, you know, you got to be disciplined. You, you got to make it a real habit. And so um, I'm trying to stay 40 till I'm 80. You know, I'm never going to be 22 again. Let's face that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even want to be. Yeah, <laughs> all, the, yeah. all the abuse I was going through, uh, self-inflicted, of course. So, so um, yeah, I just want to do that. Just stay 40 till I'm 80, and then after that, I think I'll be okay to to take a break. Yeah, no, that's it. It's it's funny because all the people I know that live our way as the healthiest people I know, well, my friend's been doing this for a while. He's now 41, I think. He looks about 27. Um, and mm-hmm. just been, I mean, it's just part of your lifestyle that when you get into it, you eat well, you, you train, you, you, you go to the gym, you do the things. And it's no coincidence everyone I know who's in it basically looks very well off of it. Um, he always says, like, it's just, it's just, just luck. Oh, it's just luck. Just very lucky, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's, it's not luck. It's doing what you know it needs to be done. Um, and as you said, that's a very good way of looking at it. I think if you can, I mean, forty is a great age. If you can stay that looking like that for for the rest of your life and feeling like that, I think that's absolutely fine. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people, I know people, men generally as well. Luckily for us, generally we tend to age like wine. You know, we tend to look better as we get older. So uh, <laughs> you, we get away. With it. You know, I. There, there is. I mean, we can't just toss out the idea of genetic potential. Yeah. I mean, some of us have more genetic potential or different genetic potential than the next guy. I have aunties who lived in uh, Lancashire and Rochdale in that area up there. Okay. Yep. Uh, who, who, yeah. Who lived to be a hundred, ninety-eight, ninety-six. You know, aunts and uncles, great, great aunts and and uncles who lived to be. Uh, you know, well into their 90s, and one even lived to be 100 years old. And uh, so that's genetic potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm 64. I'm thinking, ah, I still got plenty of time to do some good in the world, right? It's it's also the quality of life that you get there, right? People say, I don't want to live till I'm 80 because of, because of that. And I'm like, well, if you're living till you're 80 and you're feeling like you're 40, then it's then why wouldn't you? It's 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 all about the quality of your life. Um, yeah. No one wants to be. You try- <laughs> Right now, I'm just trying not to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I know. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's just, it's just, if you keep doing the things you're doing, really, I'm sure that you're gonna, you're, you're gonna keep keep living in a very healthy way. You're gonna keep getting good results. Um, one of the things I wanted to quickly ask you before you go, because I know you've got to go in a little while. It was just, if people are looking to do um, um, tests, tests for hormones, what's mm-hmm. best? Would it be blood, saliva, or urine? Um, quick, I just wanted to put mm-hmm. add, add a point to that as well because generally people will say, "Oh, I got my scores back and my test scores were normal, um, but I still feel mm-hmm. terrible." Why, why is that? And I say, "Well, because the, the scores are taken on today's average person, and the average person today is like Homer Simpson. You know, um, they're, yeah. they're not great. You you want to get optimal. Um, so, in your opinion, what are the best tests to do? Well, I there's no one test." where you can put a, a cup of urine or a uh, tube of blood into a computer and have it tell you everything. So there isn't one test. And, and you know, so it depends on what you're looking at. I run five labs, some saliva, some blood, some urine, and some stool on every person. Two, we actually use two urine tests, a saliva test, a stool test, and a blood test. So that's a, a lot of data. 
that can give us a lot of areas. Again, hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy production, nervous system. So, so these are critical areas that if you're going to take a holistic approach, you'd want to run maybe a handful of labs for a comprehensive assessment. But having said that, if you just want to test hormones, I'm using saliva and uh, we don't use blood very much at all because it's, it's not the bioavailable levels. Saliva is very, very good, especially for cortisol levels. But you can measure the sex hormones like DHEA. Um, there's, there's other testing methods and um, I've used them all. And, uh, but for hormones, we're, we're still using saliva. It's tried and true. Saliva testing has been around for 30 years. And there's 300 research papers written on its validity. It's well accepted now around the world as a very valid uh, form of testing. And it's easy to collect at home. It's sent in to, you don't have to go get the blood draw. You know, that's pretty critical, too, to make it easy on people and relatively inexpensive. Oh, fair enough. So just lastly, because I know you've got, you've got a very busy day, um, if you could say... If you could say to people um, the top five things that people should do to keep their, or men should do to keep their testosterone levels high, uh, as well as keeping estrogen low, what would they be? The top five things? Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you didn't say six. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> if you look, you look at your hand, you have five fingers. Right. And you label them diet, rest, exercise stress reduction, and supplements. Those five things. I mean, that's a lot. That's, that's a whole program. That's a complete lifestyle. Your diet, your rest, your exercise, your stress reduction, your supplements. Dress. See, so five things. Yeah, dress. And if, if you'd have said six things, then I'd have been messed over. <laughs> I'd have been looking for the <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> like a, uh, Plus your thumb on the other hand or something. But no, D-R-E-S-S really really spells it out yeah okay and uh Reed, just for everyone out there if they want to find you um obviously you have your uh, fdn functional diagnostic nutrition course um what's the website for that is it bonesandhormones.com is that the best place no no it's 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 actually like you said functional diagnostic nutrition.com functional diagnostic just the way it's spelled out that's our course in functional lab work and uh there's no real prerequisites people take it to work on themselves uh most people who take it are personal trainers nutritionists and uh uh you know we have chiropractors and acupuncturists and osteopaths and people like that too but um you know anyone that wants to help themselves and learn a way to help others uh and have a really fantastic business out of that uh can go there functional diagnostic nutrition.com read all about it uh, get your questions answered, and uh, we have quite a family of practitioners around the world, uh, between 2,500 and 3,000. We're in 50 countries, a lot of United Kingdom, uh, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, mostly you know United States, Canada, obviously, but um, we're all over. Uh, awesome. So anyone looking to uh, get into it, I definitely can, can recommend it. It's something that... Um I think people can get really good benefit out of. Um, and so what's the Bones and Hormones website? Is that your personal site? Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's just something that it's kind of an example of, you know, yeah, it's my personal site. I had that for, it's my first ever website. So, okay. um, I uh, yeah, and, and it, it, people can get personal help there. All right, awesome. 
Well, well, thank you very much. We covered quite a lot there. Um, <laughs> we, we did. Tangent, Listen, that's what always happens. Well, Ryan, I'm happy to come back anytime. Just let me know when you need me, okay? That'd be awesome. Thank you very much. You guys, everybody. okay? Brilliant. Great. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Thanks. So, guys, that was episode 21 with Reed Davis. Um, I'm sure you learned a, a whole load. And as it goes, as it always goes back to, it always goes back to finding the root cause and not just masking, um, masking symptoms. So we went in there deep into andropause, low testosterone, high estrogen. We went into fat gain um, and lots of different things. And we moved into parasites, diet, as he said, Dr. S. So <laughs> Dr. S. Dr. D R E S. Sorry, D R E. Yeah, sorry, D R E S S. So, um, as always, diet, rest, exercise, stress, and supplements. Well, it's a good way to look at things, really. Um, covering it's a holistic approach. So you're looking at everything, and then you're looking at the lifestyle things that are going to drive up estrogen and lower. Uh, testosterone and things that we can do to to lift that testosterone up um so guys it, as always looking into the mind as well the mental side of things stress really does play a part but as i said, I said in the podcast stress actually comes in many different forms it's not just from your work um and your and your home life but it comes in the form of the food you're eating the water you're drinking the, the frequencies you're surrounded by the what you put on your skin it all adds to your to your um, accumulative str- load of stress uh, stress load so anyway guys hope that's really helped any of you that have been struggling with low testosterone especially if you're looking at the liver and the internal organs if you've got things going through the mucosal lining um food stuff particles para- pathogens parasites then they're going through and they are just leading to a clogged up liver um a liver that's not been out of but most people's livers run at about 40 percent, as i said in that and if the that's you guys if you're noticing anything it's what happens with people with hay fever as well not only have they got a leaky gut but then the liver becomes overloaded and it's not detoxing properly and then people get allergies symptoms like that and this all leads to things if you're not getting rid of estrogen if you're not getting rid of toxins parasites heavy metals etc um there properly then you're going to get these problems so i hope that's helped guys anyway as i said before if you want to contact reed go and follow him at his website uh, functional diagnostic nutrition um otherwise guys if you have been dealing with any sort of health issues and you want to join our free um, four-day mini course, then hit me up at ryan at reviveyourself.co or head on over to www.reviveyourself. Um, I actually, probably the best thing to do would even be to head on over to our Revive Yourself page on Facebook. Um, you find our page, it's a picture of, it's actually the same picture that you use on the, the podcast um picture the itunes blue background me drinking my green smoothie if you find that it just said revive yourself it's on facebook and also as always guys if you can leave us a review a five star review would be great so we can get this information out to more people so we can help change their lives for the better um and it's it's really been great these last few weeks we've really had a a great uptake on on um, the emails to responses to the courses we were offering and to all the guests so keep listening guys we really do thank you um for your support and i'm really working on getting some uh, affiliates up on my website so you can start to things that we do um recommend we can start to offer offer you uh, the easiest way possible up through um our site there's a lot of work going on in the background as always um and yeah got some really good interviews coming for you so as always guys um 
keep moving forward your health if you need any problems and you want to reach out then as i said before you can always contact me on facebook or you can contact me at ryan at reviveyourself.co otherwise guys that's it for this week as always stay happy stay healthy and i'll speak to you soon if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas bloating constipation diarrhea indigestion heartburn and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the healing health paradigm today